Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. If you are someone who wants to be more productive while still allowing space for your feminine flow, then you need to listen to this full episode. I have the amazing Alyssa Coleman here with me. And Alyssa is a productivity strategist for creative entrepreneurs and the founder of Your Most Profitable Quarter Yet. Alyssa is a recovering procrastinator herself who became obsessed with figuring out how the Oprahs and Beyonce's and the Marie Forleo's of the world were running their empires while staying creative AF and making it look easy. And in this episode, Alyssa shares so many things and so many tools that will help you get more done, stay focused and on point with your soul's message and mission, and still have so much fun, time, freedom, and flow in the process. So without further ado, let's welcome Alyssa onto the show. Thank you so much for being here, Alyssa, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited for you to share your magic and your gifts with everyone. So thank you so much for being here. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Yeah, same here. I know you are a busy boss woman yourself, and I would love for you to share um, a little bit about your journey and what led you to doing the work that you're doing today and helping other people and supporting with productivity and getting things done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, it was a journey based purely out of my own need. (laughs) Um, when I first started my business and just like as a person in general, I never considered myself to be a productive person. I'm doing a lot of air quotes right now. (laughs) Um, you know, I was like self-proclaimed, proclaimed proclaimed, uh, procrastinator. And I was always the person who like, you know, put everything off the last minute. I was the person who said like, Oh, I work really well under pressure, which basically just mean like, I would just leave things to the last minute. Like (laughs) it's such a cop out excuse. But when I started my business, I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't going to be a, you know, character trait that was going to serve me and serve, um, you know, moving in the direction of my goals. And so I started to become really almost obsessed with productivity and figuring out, okay, what are the people who I see, um, you know, living the life that I'm interested in living and specifically the people who I really resonated with as having, you know, not only thriving businesses, but also time freedom or location independence and like creative freedom. And what I noticed is the busier I got, and even the more I focused on productivity, I felt like I was becoming less and less creative. Like I was becoming this just like engine of work, which is not what I wanted. So I really became obsessed with figuring out a new way of productivity. And so I realized that a lot of what we were taught about productivity and a lot of what even the books that I was reading and like the the conversations that were being had around the subject were so based in 
almost like old school and like masculine energy type of productivity and based a lot in the corporate world as well, right? Like working a nine to five where you're like trying to get your employees to like put out more every single day. And it just felt like this like squeezing effect almost, you know, of just like trying to get every last drop of like life out of people. Um, and what I really wanted was actually, I want to know the things that I can do that take me the least amount of time that actually bring the most amount of results. Right. And so how do I work only a couple hours a day and still have just as much or more, um, you know, results as I would in a full day's work or what, like, quite honestly, what I was doing, which was like, you know, I would get to my desk around 9.30 and then I would kind of take a break and then I would be working from the couch at like 6 and 7 p.m., which, you know, bring my laptop to bed. <laughs> like it was a totally like no boundary thing. Anyway, long story short, I kind of figured out some of these things that really, really worked for me and I started sharing them with my clients. And um, the, it, from there, it really started snowballing and it's something that I've become so passionate about sharing about. And that was probably about three or four years ago. And uh I kind of, you know, I never stopped and that became my whole business. Wow. That's awesome. Like to hear that that's not the type of person you were at all Yeah. versus like now it's what you teach and what you preach. And I can so relate, um, myself, like, I mean, I've had moments where I've identified as, okay, I get shit done. I know how to be consistent yeah. and like hustle and do the things. Like I used to pride myself in hustling back in the day. I definitely have oh, a different view <laughs> yeah. on that now. Um, I used to live in New York city, so it kind of like mm -hmm. contributed to that as well. Oh, totally. Then I like, it's like the pendulum swung in the other way. And I'm like, well, right. no, like I want more free flow and all this stuff. And, um, it's definitely been kind of like a journey of like, finding that happy medium of that, um, like productivity, getting things done in the least amount of time and also having that space. So I'm really yeah. excited for you to share, um, like what are some of those things that have helped you, um, get things done, be productive, but also not be so much in that, as you were saying, like that, the, the masculine do, 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 do kind of yeah. work mode all the time. Totally. So the first thing that I really had to realize, it, a lot of what I know now, <laughs> I like would not have wanted to admit uh, back in the day, is that a lot of productivity is extremely mental. It's almost always, if we're procrastinating, if we're putting things off, if we're having resistance, it's always to do with something going on mentally. It's not that you're just a procrastinator and like that's your nature. No, generally you're either, you know, having coming up against perfectionism or imposter syndrome or some sort of fear or, um, you know, it could be fear of not being good enough or it could be fear of success. Like there's so many different things. Um, and so uh, one of the really great things that I had to realize was that actually if I wanted to be a creative person, I had to almost accept structure and boundaries and all the things that I kind of associate now with productivity. And in the beginning, I wanted to reject those things in the name of inspiration or in the name of creativity. You know what I mean? Like I thought those were, those were my rights to freedom. But what I now know is that actually the more structures I've created in my business, which I'm sure we'll get into like specifically, you know, things like my calendar, things like automation, things like boundaries of when I'm at my desk and when I'm not, when I turn off my phone, like those types of things, uh, the more creative I actually became, the more like time I had to 
you know, come up with ideas and have these incredible inspired um, yeah, ideas that led to the growth of my business or, or just like, you know, creative passion projects and stuff like that. So to me, it was really about having some really big mental shifts about what it actually means to be productive and, you know, confront my own resistance to like <laughs> structure and uh, some of those things. Mm. And what does it mean to be productive to you? And is that different so, for everyone? Do you find? So, <clears throat> so to me, the way I define productivity and the way I kind of teach my clients is that what it really means is figuring out what you want your business and life to look like, and then literally putting on your blinders and not focusing on anything else and finding the most direct route to that. So to your point, yes, it can look so different depending on what your vision of your life looks like. So for some people, it can be, I want to be a boss who goes to an office, has, you know, five, 10, 20 employees, works nine to five. And, you know, this is the vision of my life. Um, it could be somebody who says, no, actually, to me, success looks like being able to work one day a week, but then be backpacking and not know if I have Wi-Fi and blah, 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 and still have a, you know, thriving business. But to the person who wants to, you know, work, you know, at an, you know, own an office space, have a team, build a thriving company, only working one day a week would be massively maybe unfulfilling or stressful or just not what she's passionate about, whereas the backpacker would you know, wither in this other situation. So it really is about, it really is so personal. And I think it's super easy, especially in the online space to get caught up in like, what's she doing? Oh, this looks good. Or like, wow, it looks really great that she's, you know, working from the beach or, you know, oh, she's doing this webinar strategy. Maybe now I need webinars or I'm on her podcast. Maybe I should start a podcast. You know, it's very easy to get distracted by everything that you could do and other people's versions of success that you won't feel productive unless you get those blinders on and move in the direction of like, why did you start this thing? Why? Like really, truly not the like fluffy reason of like, I want, you know, I feel like I hear people say to me when I ask them, like, why did you start your business? They'll say the answer is like, you know, I just really want all people to blah, blah, blah. Like the nice answer you tell your clients, but I want the like raw answer of like, I never wanted to have a fucking boss again. I never wanted anyone to tell me what to do. And I wanted to be able to work two days a week if I wanted, you know, like mm -hmm. that, that's the reason I want to know. So is that like your reason of wanting to work two days a week and not, <laughs> were you telling the truth there? Never tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, to me, like the, the ultimate reason for starting a business was to have freedom in, in <clears throat> all those different areas, like creative freedoms. I wanted to be able to like do what I want when I, when I felt like in terms of like the creative work I was doing, I wanted to have time freedom of yeah, like if I want to work four days a week, which I do now, I want that to be okay. Whereas I noticed in the Marker world or like most jobs. It's like, no, whether you finished work, you know, finished everything that's on your list today or not, you're here from nine to five, Monday to Friday. So you better look busy mm -hmm. <laughs> or like put, you know, like I noticed when in my corporate job, like people were like, like drawing out their tasks, you know what I mean? To like take up all day instead of, you know what I mean by that? Like, mm -hmm. instead of just getting it done, like, yeah, just to all have something to do. to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So so those are really the things for me. It comes down to freedom, time freedom, location freedom, all mm. that stuff. Beautiful. So say like you decide you only want to work like three days a week, Yeah. people in the online business. I know a lot of people listening to this have obviously have an online business or are building their business 
And one of the driving factors for a lot of people is the time freedom and to be able to do what they want when they want. And I know for many entrepreneurs, especially like when you're just starting out, it can, it's just like this free for all of time and like, you don't (laughs) know what to do with all of it. And it's like, I know for me, I would end up working like all day and night and because I loved it and you know, whatever, it was just like no boundaries, how you were saying. So say like someone decided, you know what, I only really want to work like three days a week, like the bulk of it, but I still want to have time and, and space in my day. How would you like, recommend them get started on that? Do you have like a process that you walk people through? Yeah. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is get really clear on, on your calendar. The calendar is like the, the, the granddaddy of productivity. It's the main squeeze. Um, and so you really want to get clear on your calendar. And I think it's kind of a two-part process because when I first started my business, kind of similar to what you were saying, I was like, what's everyone doing? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? I'm doing a lot of, a lot of different things, but I don't know if any of it is actually amounting to where I want to go. Um, so first things first, get really clear on like, what does your calendar look like as, um, the owner of the business that you want to have? Let's say now you have a calendar, you're doing, you know, you've got, you're in your flow, you're doing things every single week and you're making some money, you've got some clients. Now I want you to look at your calendar and I want you to start going through every single task and asking yourself. So here's the process that I take people through. Number one, make a list of every single thing that you do every week, month and quarter in your business. Every little thing, if you're not sure what it is, there's ways to like track your time because I literally want you to write down like I go in my Facebook group and I answer questions and it takes me, you know, about an hour a day or however long it takes you. And I want you to write down how long each thing takes you and be really generous with this time because I see so many entrepreneurs be like emails, 15 minutes. <laughs> and then, you know, really, truly, it takes like 30 or 35. We are always like overestimating ourselves in that way. So be generous with the time that you give yourself. Then next to each one of those things, I want you to write either delegate, eliminate, automate, or do. And this is really like where the magic happens because it's really easy, especially as a solopreneur, to just do everything in your business, get in the rhythm of doing everything, and even being at a point where you're so busy that it's easier to just do the thing than it is to figure out how to automate it or hire someone to delegate it and teach them how to do it, or you don't know how to eliminate it yet. So it's a really powerful practice to have it all in front of you and to see how long each thing takes you. And kind of when you look at that, you realize, oh, if I add all this up and I'm doing this every week, that's like 70 hours a week. And is that what I want to be working? No. So then you have to ask yourself, all right, if what does three days a week look like to me? Is it 10 to four? Is it, what is it? How many hours do you want to be working per week? And then get really serious about that list and ask yourself, you know, what are the things that I truly don't need to be doing in the, if I'm moving in the direction of what my big goal is. So for me at the bottom of this list, I would write, you know, freedom, income, and impact. And I would say after each one of those tasks is checking in with my Facebook group, leading to more freedom, more impact, or more income for me. If not, you know, then that needs to be eliminated or um, maybe I can find a way to automate it or can you find someone to delegate to, right? And then leave the things in your do column um, 
they need to only add up to 25 hours or 30 hours or whatever it is uh, a week that you want to be working. And of course, this is like a slow process. You're not just going to eliminate, you know, <laughs> a couple hours of uh, work from your calendar all at once. Um, but it gives you a, a, a base to start saying, all right, so next quarter, I'm going to automate this. And then the one after I'm going to automate this. And then, you know, in two months from now, I'm going to look for someone that I can delegate this to and so on and so forth. But then you take that list and you start putting it into your calendar and uh, leaving yourself lots of white space and like, you know, buffer room between these tasks. And once you see it all in there in that calendar, you're going to start to see some opportunities to eliminate tasks from Thursday and Friday if you only want to work Monday to Wednesday. And it's a, it's a, um, you know, you, you treat your calendar like this living thing that you get to work with and, um, and maneuver in order to have it be at the place where you get to work 10 to four, three days a week. Um, if that's what the dream life looks like to you. Mm. It sounds so simple the way that you explain it. And and I mean, definitely calendars help. I have my calendar for things too. Um, There's still like a lot of flow in some of the things that I do when when it comes to like creative projects. Um, But yeah, do you use like one of those Pomodoro apps at all? I do. I love Pomodoros. I don't use them like every single day because that is something that feels like, again, masculine energy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I need that, you know, and sometimes like I tend to lean towards the masculine. So I like don't need that in my life. I don't need more of that. Um, but if I have something that I'm resisting or I'm putting off, like if I'm going to write five emails and I'm staring at that Google doc <laughs> and it's not happening, I turn off my phone, start a Pomodoro and yeah, I love a good Pomodoro. So when you're writing emails like that, the Pomodoro helps you just like get it done. 100%. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I haven't tried it when I wrote emails, but I definitely <clears throat> like if I block out time to do some writing it's hard to, for me to gauge how long it might take, um, especially if it's like a sales page or something like that, or, or like an email kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes it ends up taking a lot longer than I anticipated, like double the time. Totally. Let's try the Pomodoro with the emails. Yeah. You have to try it. And like the, the key I find to a Pomodoro is close all other tabs. Like nothing else can be open and then turn off your phone or put it in the other room because it's been, honestly, it's just like our phones are the number one productivity killer. And I hate to like bash, Mm. (laughs) you know, the phone because it's such an incredible part of running my business as well. But I don't know if you notice, like I'll put, I'll turn my phone off and start something, start working and I still pick it up Mm -hmm. and I'm like looking at it and I realize how many times I'm picking up this freaking phone. It's off. And it's just this subconscious thing that I'm doing. And it's, it really is honestly quite scary. So I close tabs, turn off my phone. And then it kind of, it always reminds me like, oh, dude, you're supposed to be focusing on writing now, but your brain wants you to not focus. It's, it's yeah. such a muscle that we have to, you know, build. Yeah. How long do you keep your phone off during the day? Is it like specifically during work hours or when you're doing specific tasks? Yeah, I do it like task by task. So generally what I do is like on Tuesdays, I don't take calls and it's my deep work day. And I'll generally have a time block in there for whatever my current project is. Usually Tuesdays I keep aside for writing. So like whatever emails or content or whatever is, you know, sales page, like you said, that's coming up. And during that time block, I just, as soon as it starts, let's say I'm doing that from like 10 to one or something, I turn off my phone. And then, you know, when I'm done at one, even if I'm not finished, like you said, the emails, 
I'll take a break and like, whatever, get some lunch, turn on my phone and go, go see what's happening in the world. Um, but yeah, I don't turn my phone off all day during the week, but honestly, it probably should. Like, I think there would probably be nothing bad to come from it. Mm-hmm. It would probably only be good, but it really yeah. is. I don't know. It's like part of our, it's like an extension of us now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, definitely a subconscious thing, like picking it up, looking at it, like scrolling. It's, it's, it, it is very distracting. That's for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Social media. Like, the people who create these apps and like our phone are some of the smartest people in the world being paid like the most amount of money, you know? And so they're, they're, you know, they know how to get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've yeah. got me good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So how do you, um, like leave room for creativity? Like if you're working with someone that just is like the type of person that's very creative and like not so structured, like, do you find that, um, people that identify with that sort of like personality or whatever have a hard time sticking to structure and plan in this way like how do you leave room for creativity in that yeah so I mostly work with creatives um because for that reason because Mm -hmm. I know that it is such a scary thing to lean into any structure when you are a creative person and so a couple of the things that we do is number one like I said we leave a lot of white space in between tasks or things that you want to be working on but also we have we do really big chunks of time blocking so a lot of people do time blocking where it's like 15 minutes emails then 20 minutes this Mm. then this and like your whole calendar is full of these little chunks of things (laughs) which is like so intimidating and and i I think that would give me anxiety the little chunks yeah yeah (laughs) me too so my calendar and what i recommend for creatives is a lot of like big time chunks where it's like work on some part of these emails or, you know, um, give people an entire day where Thursdays are whatever current projects you have. So if it's a creative project or whatever you have going on, you've got all day to do it. Um, and I also find what works really well for creatives is creating a rhythm within your week. So I kind of alluded to it before, which is that I don't take calls on Tuesdays, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so as an example, in my business, like Mondays are admin days, Tuesdays are deep work or writing Wednesdays and Thursdays are calls. And then Friday I don't work. And that's where I can do a creative project. If I feel like it, like, you know, it's my prerogative, but having that rhythm, um, I find works really, really well for creatives because you get to kind of, uh, what we like to do is almost immerse ourselves in whatever we're working on to allow for that inspiration or, you know, to kind of go there and like creativity is not a structured thing. It's a windy, you know, (laughs) road that comes from, you know, sometimes we get a great idea when we're in the shower and then it takes, you know, fills a notebook and then it turns into something eventually. So having the space for that is really important, but also knowing that, okay, today's the day for that. And then tomorrow is an admin day or tomorrow is this day. And so you, you, actually end up being more creative during those times because you don't have in the back of your mind, ah, oh, shit, I got to check in on those emails or like, oh, that accounting thing. I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. And what I actually hear a lot from creatives is that they will allow some small task. Like, let's say you have this like accounting thing that you have to do and you're putting it off because it's not your style. And like, you don't like doing accounting, but it keeps being on your to-do list. 
you will keep moving that into your creative space as a form of procrastination on the thing that you love the most. So if you Mm. love writing, you'll put a task in the way of it as like a form of self-sabotage. So allowing to have that full day where you don't think, oh, I have to get to that email. I have to get to accounting. No, that happens on Monday or that happens on Wednesday. You get to immerse yourself in that and it creates a buffer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's probably why I work the way that I do in the way that I do too. Like there's certain days for certain things. Yeah. And there are certain days that I won't do calls or whatever. There are certain days that I only do podcasts and clients or whatever. Fridays were always free. It's free game. I could do whatever. I usually don't do. I usually take Thursday and Friday off actually personally. Yeah. Um, And it works for me. And also delegating things, which is huge. It's It's the best. It's almost, I always say like, it's kind of addictive. (laughs) I think it's one of those things that's like kind of hard to start, especially if you're a solopreneur. But then once you do, you're like, the the world just almost opens up of all the things that you can start to delegate. It's It's like, (laughs) wow, I have so much more time and freedom, which is the whole point of creating all of this, you know, structure and productivity is to create more freedom. Exactly. And that is like the code that you've seemed to crack when it comes to all of this. And it seems like almost they seem kind of counterintuitive, like productivity and freedom seem like they don't equal each other, but um, they do. And it's such a like empowering thing to embrace because um, yeah, instead of resisting the thing that gets you what you want, you get to lean into it and kind of embody it a little bit. Yeah. And I imagine that it actually reduces like overwhelm and feeling burnt out and all that once you are in a flow with your schedule. Totally. And what I notice is that actually it creates, um, the thing that overwhelms, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, at least in my experience has been ideas. Like you have a hundred ideas of things that you want to do or that you could do or whatever. That's what makes a great entrepreneur, but it's also like the Achilles heel (laughs) of any Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And so having your calendar and having like a realistic schedule that you stick to allows you to be really realistic with your goals and with your ideas. And so I actually find that um, entrepreneurs following this model execute on more of their ideas rather than kind of starting and leaving them half-baked because they become overwhelmed by, oh shit, now I have a client or, or, or drop everything because I have no clients and I need Mm. to figure out how to get my next client. Um, They have more of like a realistic timeline of, okay, you know what? I'm going to be real. This is a great idea. I'm going to start working on it in three weeks from now when I have the space. And, uh, and so it, you're right. It definitely eliminates some of that overwhelm that we almost create ourselves in, you know, our natural entrepreneurial style. Mm. Do you mainly work with like people who are just starting out on the journey or people who are like scaling and like really working on their systems and structures more or both? A little bit of both. Generally, I work with people who already have a business and have, you know, a product of some kind or like a service that they're working on. And now they they're at the point where they realize in order to get to that next level, I can't keep doing everything the way that I currently am, which is trying to do all the things all the time and not having a system to get me to that next goal. Or they've hit a cap of, you know, 
productivity, really like how much they can do per week. And they're like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm working a full week and I'm not hitting the, my next level target that I want to get to. Mm. And do you have other like specific systems that you, t- that you share and talk about? Yeah. So a lot of what we do, like what we call it the system of systems. So I see like a really productive business as being like a um, overarching holistic system. And each one of them kind of needs to work within uh, with each other in order for everything to kind of have this, um, you know, really nice flow in your business. And if one part's broken, then you'll start to notice it like, you know, creates a backup in other areas and stuff like that. So we do work on setting up other systems like growth systems or, you know, um, even launch systems, which I find is something that a lot of people kind of like burn out in, you know, they'll like go all in and then burn out and then go all in and burn out. Um, So we have launch systems. We have, uh, you know, we, we help people set up sales funnels and stuff like that as well. If that's something that you're putting off, um, automating all of that is, is so powerful as well as operation systems is kind of like, you know, my baby having that operation side of things allows you to be more creative in your marketing and your sales and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's so cool to see like how you've, um, like streamlined all of this in your own way to like, if, to help yourself, but also to help the people yeah. that you're, you're serving. It's really cool. It's, it's like, sounds like you've learned so much on your journey with all of this. Yeah. It really is kind of something that, you know, it, it's like, if you would have told me three or four years ago, like you'd be in productivity, I would have died laughing because it makes no sense. But what I, what I think is really cool is that because I would have formerly, you know, called formerly, why can't I say that word today? Um, it was the second, and also how often does somebody say formerly? <laughs> I said it twice wrong in one day. Um, yeah, but like, you know, thinking of myself as like a procrastinator and all of these things actually allows me to kind of see where people will come up against resistance or be able to call my clients out on their bullshit, which I think if I was naturally just like a super productive, like organized person who just thought in this way, it like, to me, when I saw those people who like had perfectly organized rooms and like, you know, like all of this stuff, I was like, who are you? Our brains are not the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it makes it a little bit more accessible because I can see no, I get it. That's not how you're going to be. Let's work with what you naturally are quite good at and, and put, put into place some stuff that can support you and uh, what you want. Whereas I find, um, you know, the, the other way can be a little bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm sure you've also had to develop like different habits Mm-hmm. when it comes to this shift, if it's not something, it's not, if you're not naturally like that, yeah. like, um, what are some like empowering habits that support you or that you share with like your clients when it comes to just getting things done, but also creating that freedom and balance in their life? Mm-hmm. Like, do you wake up at a certain time in the morning? Do you have a morning ritual? Do you put, do you make sure you don't do work right away when you get yeah. up? Like, what does that look like so, for you? Well, number one, I'll tell you, I'm like anti-morning routines. Really? <laughs> because, yeah, because I became so obsessed with them and I was like so... Uh, 
I, I wanted to have this perfect morning routine and I tried all these things and had like an hour long morning routine. And then I would, you know, habitually get on board with a morning routine, do it for a month or so. It would be this like overwhelming big thing. <laughs> uh, and then I would fall off the wagon and then I would like beat myself up about it. So, um, it's so funny. I think as an entrepreneur, we're like so obsessed and I'm like obsessed. I'll read about everybody else's morning routine. <laughs> I'm anti-morning routine. I'm like, do what you want in the morning. To me, that's the time that I like have no rules. I have my own habits, which is, you know, like when I get up and make coffee and hang out with my partner and like that kind of thing. Um, but some of the habits that I do really recommend, um, and I should say like the reason that I'm anti-morning routine is because I, I think as entrepreneurs, we can like be so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. um, and have this like expectation of like, I need to wake up at 4.30 in the morning because that's when we're the most creative and I have to write my morning pages. And like, yeah, I just feel like we need to have a little more self-compassion. So I'm trying to embody that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some habits that I do uh, think are, I think we were kind of touching on before, are like uh, creating really strict boundaries around when are you off? When are you offline? Mm. Uh, because that's one of the most productive things you can do. And you kind of mentioned it before where like in the beginning, you've got like all this time, you're like working late into the night or like I used to have tasks that I would like do like while watching TV, you know, like, or, oh yeah, I'll just make that Canva thing like after work or whatever. Um, which is just so, it's so crazy to me now, but those are the things that I find a lot of us do and think like, oh, if I just work later on into the night, then I'll get more done. Mm-hmm. But actually having that uh, boundary of like, I stop work at 4.45 or whatever your time is for you actually makes you more productive while you're at your desk and then allows you to shut off and have a life and like you know, get some headspace and all of that stuff. Um, and the other thing that I'm really, um, you know, habitual about is I have like a daily uh, practice that I do in terms of like I call it a productive practice. It's uh, my daily non-negotiables. So every day I do something for entrepreneurial mindset, uh, something to grow my community by at least one person, put out something that will be um, nourishing or, you know, something like that for my community that's impactful and then something that will make an offer. So I actively do that once per day. It takes me about an hour a day. and as well as having things that of course are like automated in each one of those areas but i think there's something really magical about showing up actively for each one of those things Mm -hmm. um that creates this major momentum in your business and allows you to kind of have like a quick win at the top of the day and if i choose to like do nothing else that day because i'm like you know just don't feel like it or i'm pmsing or whatever (laughs) uh then i have that win which Mm -hmm. always feels really good so is that more, is that more like content that you're creating basically? Yeah. So basically what I do is at the beginning of the day, like before I do anything else at my desk, I'll write, uh, you know, I'll do my mindset lines and then I'll do something for growth. Um, and that can either be like something I'll do right now. Like, Hey, I'm going to reach out to this one person right now. Or I'll look at my calendar and say like, okay, do I have something scheduled? If I know that an email is already going out today, I'll kind of cheat and say like, all right, I have a nourishment going out at 1 PM. Mm. So we're cool there. (laughs) Or, you know, I know I have a sales email going out that day, then okay. Offers done for the day. But otherwise I'll ask my, if I don't have any of those things in my calendar and no plan to do them at all that day, I'm not going live or anything like that. Then I either map out when I'm going to do it or just go ahead then and like, you know, show up on Instagram and, and 
provide some value of some kind and just being a little bit more intentional with um, each one of those things throughout the course of the day. That's awesome that you have like that as like a daily thing, which is cool. And uh, it, it satisfies the creativity aspect of it too. And yeah, showing up. Right. I, I think it does. I mean, I know for me, when I go on lives, like I, it fills me up and like just yeah. energizes me and yeah. I feel creative and in flow when I'm on live and giving value. And yeah, there's always something that comes of it, whether it's impacting one, at least even just one person that day or, exactly. or even a new client that comes out of nowhere. It doesn't really matter. It like gets a lot done in like one punch Absolutely. of like time and energy. Yeah. Like 20 minutes or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting that you say that though. Like you really love showing up live. That's like fulfilling to you. And what I'll notice is like of those four habits, some things are really come naturally to people and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, I do that nourishment every day. That's an easy part. But when it comes to making an offer, I don't do it. Or some people maybe mm-hmm. are like, you know, introverted or or don't love going live, but they know that they have to show up for their audience or not that you have to do anything, but yeah. like that's something they want to do. And so they'll naturally notice that they keep putting that on the back burner, you know, and now it's Thursday and they haven't gone live that week. So having kind of like something to check into, I think is really powerful because then you notice, okay, what do I I like find really easy to do and is naturally going to happen in my day. And what are the things that I need to almost like hold myself accountable to? Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe for some people, it is that live that you're like, oh yeah, I'll just check that off. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's emails. I don't love writing emails. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I find it that if I do a live, then I, it's way easier to create content based on what I talked about in the live even. Yeah and kind of like transfer it to email in that way. But like, if it's starting off with an email, it's not always like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Do you mean just like weekly emails or like launch emails? Both. Mostly like like mainly like launch emails, but both. I mean, it's not, I don't hate it. It's just like. Not the easy. It doesn't come naturally. Yeah. 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 I find, but you know what, you've done like the exact thing that I always recommend to people, which is like, if you naturally are great at video, then just start there. And your email doesn't have to be this long, you know, mm-hmm. brainchild of a, of content, but just whatever you said in the email becomes, becomes the email, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like, that's such a great tip for anybody who doesn't like writing emails or even doesn't like writing like Instagram posts or stuff like that. Like if filming a video or maybe for some people it's to record a podcast or something comes naturally, then like leverage that (laughs) you're done already. (laughs) Yeah. You can get a lot done by repurposing content and those sort of ways too. So when you make offers, is it like something new that you're offering each time or is it like different? Like, is it stuff that you already have? Is it like, okay, this month I'm going to be focusing on this offer. Is it something that you're launching? Or is it just some kind of activity to inspire people into action of something that you have? Yeah. Curious. So, yeah, that's a great question. Like, so, um, and people always try to like get out of the offer when I notice. So to me, the offer needs to be something that people can pay you for. So not just any call to action of like, watch my last video or something like that. Some way for people to pay you or another um, kind of workaround for making an offer could be, call or get on the wait list. You know, those are kind of the only exceptions. Um, but yeah, I generally choose at the beginning of the month or depending on what my focus is, 
that's what I'm making the offer about. Um, so, you know, but, but what I try to do, what I recommend is, is to mention your offer in a bunch of different places. So you're not showing up every day on like, let's say all month long, you're offering book a call every day on Instagram stories. You're like, and don't forget, book a call. you know, it starts <laughs> to get a little bit stale. So a great um, activity is like, you know, on Mondays, you mentioned booking a call in your email. On Tuesdays, you do it on Instagram stories. On Wednesday, it's in your Instagram post. On, you know, Thursday, you mention it at the end of your Facebook Live or whatever. You get the idea of like, go in a bunch of different places. But the reason that I love it is not just because obviously more people will take you up on your offer when you mention it. But also, I find it's like such a great way to figure out what actually sells your offers um, because you realize like, oh, turns out when I said it like that, like four people booked a call with me, whereas like every other day last week, I didn't even mention this aspect of it um, and not as many people took me up on it. So it allows you to like really figure out what resonates with your audience mm -hmm. and that makes you even more productive at selling, of course, when you know what your audience needs to hear in order to be compelled to take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you say that because it's important to pay attention to things like that and like see what's working and what's not working or what people are responding to more. And then that's like kind of how you develop your own sort of strategy as well. Yeah, with exactly. Yeah. And you kind of realize, okay, this felt really good and mm -hmm. it really converted. Right. So then it's like, that's your sweet spot of where you're going to hang out all the time. Whereas, you know, if it's, if you don't like making a podcast and nobody's, you know, booking a call from it, then maybe it's, you know, not for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. It gives people permission to do what feels good to them and yeah. works because there's not one way to do things. That's the thing there's, and you know what, it's, it's kind of crazy how many like things are being sold online as like the thing yeah. <laughs> that everybody needs, you know? Um, obviously that's like how marketing works, but I know when I started my business, I was looking for the solution mm -hmm. um, to having a full practice or whatever. Um, every strategy can work, in, but it won't work if you're not like into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has to feel aligned. Yeah, exactly. Aligned and everything. And like, that's truly where you are most productive too. Like you'll notice the things that like, you're not productive when you're writing emails probably <laughs> because you don't really, you have resistance to them. You don't love doing them, but like, think about how much you get done when you, you know, are doing the things that feel really good and, and align. Alignment mm -hmm. is another way of, of being productive. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I do videos, even sometimes if I don't feel like doing a video at first, yeah. True. Once I'm on the video, it's like, I literally come alive. I'm talking about it after I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so good. Like I just, oh my God, I love that. yeah. And like, I, I do videos maybe like once a week now I used to do them a lot more. Um, but like at least once a week is like a good, yeah. like, um, thing for me, but yeah, it definitely energizes me. And I think that, that, each person has something like that for them, whether it's a video or writing on a daily basis yeah. or whatever. Um, and, and just like following that for your main piece of content is the key. Yeah. I, I like to focus on having like main pieces of content too. Me too. Yeah. You know, yeah, of like, like either, yeah. Audio video or written of some kind. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like build around that. Yeah. It makes life easier. 
so <laughs> yeah we repurpose yeah we have a content repurposing workflow that like really you don't need more than one piece of content you're right like you know I feel like the internet kind of is like feed me, <laughs> but uh, there's so many ways to like take one one big thing that you do and and feed <laughs> feed the content machine that is the internet. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I feel like we covered so many things in this. I know we like did a lot of so uh, good. back and forth, <laughs> and it flew by. Are there any like last pieces of advice or words of wisdom that you wish to share with those listening? <laughs> words of wisdom. Um, I think, you know what, honestly, it's, it's um, maybe not the thing that people want to hear when they're trying to become more productive, but the true first step is like, honestly, get out your journal and like whatever you're resisting right now, you probably know the thing that you are resisting the most that you know is going to make the biggest impact for your life or your business and like figure out why you're resisting that thing. And you will be able to become so much more productive in that direction. If you, you know, take the time to figure out what's actually going on there because no strategy or system or automation or <laughs> even delegation um, can, can overcome that if you're not clear on, on what's, what's going on there. Mm, that's such a good piece of advice. I mean, that mindset piece is everything. It's, you know, we don't want to admit it, but it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you, Alyssa, and connect with you and see what you got going on? Yeah, so my you can find me on my website, which is alyssacoleman.ca or uh, Instagram, which is at alyssacoleman.ca. <laughs> Keep it simple. Um, and yeah, if you actually, if you want to find out more about the... Uh, the four things I do every single day that I mentioned before too, I'll maybe even send you a link, but you can get them at calissacoleman.ca slash big. And it's um, slash like a big? list of the four things. Yeah. The big Sweet. four. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. And thank you so much. I'll put those uh, links in the show notes too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for taking the time to share your expertise, your magic, your energy, your productivity hacks. This was so awesome. And I appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.